Welcome to Staring Vegans, the podcast where famous and not so famous guests share their unique vegan stories. If you like the podcast, I would be really grateful if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, as it will help people discover it. Thank you. And now, on to today's episode. This is episode 6 of the podcast. I'm your host, Cyrielle, and today I'm talking to Rachel Antrill, who lives in Toronto, Canada. She's an actress who's worked on many different shows, including Ricky Blue, Killjoys, Star Trek Discovery, and more recently, on the Canadian show Nurses. She's been vegetarian for four years and vegan for more than a year. I really had a blast chatting to her and I'm sure you enjoy hearing our conversation. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. Uh, how are you? I'm good. The weather's turning around, you know. I can sit out on my balcony without freezing my tail off. So that's great. It's, you know, pretty good. Spring is definitely here in Canada now. Uh, so I'm going to start with some quick questions and then we'll dive into your vegan story. First, what's your favorite animal and why? Okay, so if you had asked me this a couple years ago, I probably would have said horses because I grew up with them. But then I would have to add on cats and dogs. We had chickens. We had a goat. So I, I don't know if this is a vegan problem where you're just like, I can't pick a favorite. I love them all. So <laughs> that's where I am right now. <laughs> yeah, I can understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, when people say you have a spirit animal, I'm like, I have Noah's Ark. That's what's happening. So... <laughs> I love that. It's a good one. Yeah, Noah's Ark. Uh, what quick meal do you like to eat or to make? Okay, so I am not a chef. If it wasn't for my other half, I'd probably starve to death. But he does some pretty fancy stuff now. He does this really great, and he does it really fast. The stuffed red peppers with lentils and rice, and they're so good. I'll have to send you the recipe. But like, if I were to pick fast food, and this is just because I waited so long for it, this is when Beyond Meat first came out to A&W, and we waited for two weeks. We were like, we have to try this burger because everyone was talking about it, right? And it was such a small company. I think they were from California. And so finally we had it. Now it is my favorite plant-based burger and I can't eat any of the other ones. So that's the super fast favorite. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And the last one, if you had the superpower to turn people vegan, who would you choose and why? I... I Again, I'm not answering specifically. I would say that anyone who was interested in trying to be vegan or try to go that route, if I could turn them and then they in turn could turn other people, then it's a win. True. It's a noble effect, just turning everyone. Is, is that fair? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's start with your personal story. What does your vegan journey look like? When did it begin? How did you become a vegan? Okay, so I think the seed was first planted. We were shooting in um, the meatpacking district in Toronto. And I remember being in the car on the way to set and we'd be on the highway. And particularly in the wintertime, I remember this one time and I'm all warm and cozy and I've got my nice warm cup of coffee and it's so nice. And right beside us pulls up this metal truck filled with pigs, like just filled and I remember looking at them and them looking at me and I could see their breath coming out and I thought what a miserable way to be going to your death first of all like you're crammed in and 
So that kind of planted a seed. Filming in the meatpacking was uh, interesting. I mean, you could, there was definitely a different smell to the air. I would never go back there. Thankfully, it's condos now. So that planted the seed. And I had watched some documentaries, and they were the really harsh documentaries that showed the animal, uh, like the conditions that they're in and how they're treated and how their lives are. And they were so horrible that I feel like it traumatized me. But somehow I was still able to turn a blind eye and just be like, well, I, you know, I don't eat that much meat. Um, but then four years ago, my sister-in-law said to my husband and I, you guys have to watch What the Health. And immediately we went vegan. Like overnight, my husband and I were like, that's it. I should say we went plant-based because I know there's all these different versions now. So we went plant-based overnight. And then after about two weeks of us doing this, I decided to gut our entire kitchen and anything that had animal byproduct in we gave to someone who eats meat we didn't want to waste but like i used to love jello <laughs> all of that went out um and then i started looking at like our medicine cabinet i started looking at our personal products and what's been tested on animals and so we got rid of all of that so all the products that we buy now are strictly not tested on animals they don't have chemicals they're natural based i feel like i'm a real hippie at heart <laughs> but after what the health after about like four months i started really craving eggs and i can honestly tell you right now that the way we did it in the beginning wasn't really smart because we were spurred on by this documentary. So while we had the best intentions and we were like, we're doing this for the animals and then we were doing this for the environment as well. And the biggest step we missed was making sure that we were getting everything that we needed. And that I realized was the big problem. So I went back to eating eggs. I did incorporate some cheese. I had cream in my morning coffee. And this is four years ago. So the amount of vegan stuff now on the market compared to even just four years ago is huge, right? Like there's so many options. Yeah. So at the beginning of the pandemic, so in like January of last year, we started thinking about this again. We watched Game Changers and that definitely was a big game changer specifically for my husband because I think he had this view sort of of what a vegan male looked like like a lot of people have this assumption oh if you're vegan you must be like this big and you have no strength and this and that you've heard all of these i'm sure right yeah. and when he watched game changers he was like oh, okay and so at the beginning of last year we started really understanding where do we get our vitamins where do we get our minerals where do we get our protein where does our b12 come from all of these things and we really educated ourselves on that and then figured out because neither of us cooked a lot. So we figured out what can we do that's simple. So the stuffed peppers, for example, is so easy. And we just started little by little expanding it. And of course, when lockdown happened, we weren't eating out, we weren't going anywhere. So <laughs> we had time in the kitchen. So then that just really like spurred us on. So um, I use a little bit of honey for medicinal stuff. So if I have a really bad sore throat or something, I'll use a little bit of honey where we source it from someone specifically because of the way they treat the bees. But other than that, everything in our lives, we are 100% vegan, yeah. It's a long process. And I think it's important that you were 
able to realize that maybe you didn't do it the right way the first time and just make sure that that time around you had everything you needed. So you said you started eating eggs again. Did you feel something was missing? Was it like a, um, an issue in your health that made you say, I'm going to start eating eggs again? No, it was just my body was craving it. And I'm really big into yoga and Ayurveda. And so Ayurveda is like, you, you have to listen to what your body's telling you. I don't think it was eggs necessarily. It might have been omegas um, that I was missing, which I supplemented into my life and got in other ways. I discovered other ways to get it. Even the, the plant-based omega supplements. I can't remember what the label is. But since then, I have not craved eggs. We also discovered Just Egg which if you haven't tried it, it's amazing, right? <laughs> it's so good. It is really good, yeah. I think it's finding the substitute. Yes, I think you're right. It's finding the substitute on what you're missing and then replace it little by little. So you said you watched What the Health and then Game Changers, but did you find any resources that helped you have everything you needed? Was there anything specific that really helped the second time around um you know what thankfully for instagram thanks for the internet because there were you know the minimalist baker this gal colleen she has a vegan account and she does recipes and stuff as well so that was amazing um there was also another actress that i was working with her name is jacinta and she's a very proud vegan i was shooting killjoys with her and she was working on that and she used to always wear vegan t-shirts so this is a year and a half ago and i told her well you know we're really working towards that again but i need to learn more and she would come to set and have all this paperwork for me all the info and i have a lot of it still on our refrigerator um there's the one postcard that has all all the different sets of teeth of all like different animals including humans and like it compares digestive system alkaline this and that that's still up on my fridge. So <laughs> she was awesome. I think having people that I could speak to about this, that could offer up some suggestions of their journey, even reading it on social media. And like I said, there is so much more now than even four years ago, never mind 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like even the amount of restaurants we have in Toronto that are vegan, like Plant Fresh is my absolute favorite. There's so many good little mom and pop shops that have now expanded into their own sort of chain, I guess, even though they're not a chain, but yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. You can definitely tell it's growing fast and it's good. It's a trend. Sometimes not that good, but because it's very trendy now for people, it's getting people talking a lot about it and um, hopefully it's going to keep going that way and more and more people are going to turn vegan then. That's another thing, too. I forgot. One of the biggest resources, too, was uh, Veganuary. It's a UK group, right? And they get everyone to sign up. And that's how we started back again last year in January. We went back and, and did the Veganuary, and it was successful. So, yeah, they're really good. Did you receive emails? How does it work? Yeah, so you just go to their website, and you can sign up on the website. And then I follow them on social media. So I always get the updates of like what actually happened with that Veganuary. How many people have decided to stay vegan since doing that? What were some of the struggles? Because I remember that too, right? So it's interesting to see how people responded to that. I think that was a really great initiative. I think the UK are really far ahead with this. 
just even seeing the products that they now have that I get very jealous about. But we have family over in the UK, so they send us stuff like uh, the vegan marshmallows from Marks and Spencers, and like <laughs> so it's great. Yeah, the UK is definitely ahead. I lived in the UK with my family before we moved to Canada. So I definitely miss some things from there, for sure, that I can't find here. But um, Canada is still pretty good. It's not as advanced, but it's still, I think, a very good country to be vegan in. Above all, if you live near a big city, now there's lots of choice. There's always going to be like places where it's ahead, but I'm hoping Canada is going to, you know, work hard and get there too. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Catch up. Yeah. Yeah. And so you said you were looking at people's struggles. So apart from the eggs, were there any other struggle that you had at the beginning? Yeah. Cheese was hard and, and cream in my coffee. Cream in my coffee was the very last thing. I, I think we tried every single creamer available, uh, the coconut, the almond, But then we discovered oat milk, which we had never tried before. And now I don't take sugar in my coffee anymore. I love it so much. It's so good. I'm trying to convert my 93-year-old granddad to drinking oat milk. I brought him a carton the other day to try in his coffee because I said, you don't realize how good it is, but it is definitely... I don't think I could drink cream again. I have absolutely no interest in trying, but I, I, I think if I had it, I'd be like, whoa. I don't drink coffee. I never had cream in the coffee, but I guess it's the um, thickness. So it's already very fat. So I don't know why you wouldn't have it again, but I'm assuming it's something like that, right? A hundred percent. It's the texture. It's like, I was never into milk in my coffee. I didn't like it. I just thought it was really weird to have milk in my coffee. It didn't look right, but the cream, you're right. I think it is the extra fat and it's also sweet too. So that on top of it, I guess, which is Why it's such a miracle that I, I mean, I used to have two cream, one sugar in my coffee, then I went down to half a sugar. And it's amazing that I've just cut all of that right out. God bless oat milk. I mean. <laughs> oat milk is pretty good. Do you make it yourself or is there a specific brand that you like? Earth's own. Earth's own. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it before. Uh, and talking about your granddad, what was your family's reaction to you decided to go vegan? Are they on board? Are they actually themselves trying to be? How is it? Um, I feel like I'm working slowly on my family. Like I, I have to take little steps. They thought I was insane the first couple months. And then the first Christmas was even worse because my Nana was like, you're not having turkey? And I was like, Nana, I can't have turkey. We don't eat meat. And she was really offended that we would not be eating turkey at this holiday, you know? Um, it's a bit better now. I mean, we always say, well, well, we'll bring food. Like, don't worry about making anything specially for us. We'll bring food. And there's stuff that you have at Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving that we can eat. But they always actually make us food. They've now adapted four years later. They're like, okay, even in that four years time, we still weren't eating meat, right? So it's now, this will be five Christmases this year. They're used to it. My uncle used to razz me a bit about it because I used to love steak. I could eat steak like the next guy. That was my weakness when it came to meat. So my uncle used to really like push me at those family dinners. Oh, well, you know, I've been having aged steak and this and that and thinking it would get to me. And in fact, I was like, oh, don't, 
Don't even talk about it. Nope. It's not attractive to me at all. And then my in-laws were good. Several of the nieces are, are like vegetarian or on vegan. Um, one of my sister-in-laws is vegetarian. So that side was a little bit more accepting of it. Um, still a little bit with cheese. They're like, why don't you eat cheese? Well, we have our own cheese now. Like it's a different cheese. It's a cheese with a Z in it. Um, <laughs> but they're like, I mean, they're, it's, it's, for the most part, it's pretty good. It's a lot easier now, but I, I can understand if people are having struggles with dealing with their family. I get it. We were totally there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, as you said, probably your grandparents are the ones that might find it the hardest because you talk about your Nana, who's like found it hard. Yeah. It's a tradition for them, right? How did you feel about that? Yeah, a hundred percent. And the, the thing is too, my grandparents raised me from like age 16 up to when I got married, they raised me. So I think my granddad was really worried because he knew this guy who all this guy ate was sprouts and he got really sick. And we were actually on the phone this morning talking about this um, because Ayurveda says like you eat according to the season. So sprouts, yeah, they're great in spring. That's what your body actually technically wants and wants seasonal veggies, right? So my granddad was a little bit more open to this, but he was like, please don't just eat sprouts for the rest of your life because I'm really worried that you're not going to get the nutrition you need. And I was like, I know everyone thinks all we eat is lettuce, but you know, that's not the deal. So my Nana was tougher, but now what they'll say to me is, well, we don't, we don't eat that much meat. And they'll show me. They'll say like, well, we have a serving that's this size and we only eat meat like once or twice a week. And I'm like, that's great. You know, if you're taking steps towards it, amazing. That's all I could ask for. Yes, definitely. It's the little steps and it makes you proud as well that they're achieving that, you know, because of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so talking about that, actually, do you have a proudest vegan moment, something that happened uh, maybe that you feel like proudest being vegan at that moment? I think the proudest moment for me is when people talk to me about being vegan or they're interested in it because they know that I am. So this is probably on like social media, for example, I have the little green sprout on my profile. So people will be like, oh, you're vegan. They'll send me notes and they'll ask me questions. And I'm like, amazing. There's this one guy, he's so fantastic. And he wrote me, he goes, you know what? It's been a month and a half since I started this. And he goes, and I didn't really even notice a change. And he was like, I just wanted to let you know that. And I'm like, yes, it's a win. It's amazing, you know? So anyone who's interested and takes whatever size step that they can towards it is a win right? Yeah, for sure. And as you know, too, there's some vegans, they're very hardcore. I've had some conversations because I grew up with horses. So I grew up riding horses. I know that's not a vegan activity. But I know that there's certain vegans that are so tough on every detail. They're like, you're either vegan or you're not. And I know that based on my journey, that if someone had said that to me, I would have been so discouraged that I probably just would have given up. So I try to be very open to like anyone has a question let's talk about it you know yeah i think that's a really good approach to have because yeah all you want is just making people go towards that path you don't want to discourage them so for sure i think it's a great way of doing it that's good it's vegan approved <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about animals do you do any activism or have you volunteered to help animals in sanctuaries 
volunteer work I can't do right now because, as you know, we're in lockdown part a million. Yeah. But there's a lot of charities that I support. And now, especially since I watch Seaspiracy, for example, I've added the Sea Shepherd onto my ever-growing list of causes that I support. But I want to do more work with Mercy for Animals. I've been talking with them about it. I'm like an honorary committee member for their gala that's coming up which I wish I could be there because to be amongst a room full of vegans would be such an amazing thing. I've never done that before. So people who are for animals and the proper treatment, I would just be in wonderland if I was there. There's like the Canadian Horse Defense. I just recently learned about them. They're about uh, not exporting horses for meat, which I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm a huge fan of animal justice. Camille is a superstar and... Again, Jacinta, she's out there. She is fighting and she's picketing. And that work is so impressive. I am terrified of stuff like that. I, I'm like a, you get me into to dealing with the laws and stuff like the ad gag bill 156 is horrific. I can't believe that even passed. So there's things I want to do that I'm working towards figuring out how to make a bigger impact. For now, I just joined up with Cameo and Chattico, which are those like video messaging services that people can get favorite actors or whatever to send them birthday greetings and Comic-Cons. I was never really into that stuff. Even though I'm an actor, that's just not my gig. But then I started thinking, I feel weird about accepting money for giving someone an autograph. But if people want to do that, then here is a perfect opportunity to take all of those funds and funnel them back into all of these causes that I love. So this is all new this year. So what I decided to do was join up with them and I'm gonna keep all the funds and then come Giving Tuesday, which is the last Tuesday in November, they double the donation. So I was like, perfect. It's a chance to give even more, right? If corporations will double that up. So through those, I mean, I'm obviously not doing Comic-Cons right now, but through that stuff, I can give back I have a vision in my mind that in, in five years, I want to be able to hand them a check for 10000 In 15 years, I'd love to be able to hand someone a check for a million. You know, like, I don't know if I'll ever get there, but, you know, if you dream it, it's a possibility, right? For sure. Manifest it. And I think it's a beautiful dream that you have. Being an actress, obviously, you have impact and people, you know, look up to you. And I think using your fame to help the cause is an amazing thing to do. And I think it's a huge part in the vegan world. Any little bit helps, right? <laughs> For sure. So as you said, you're an actress and as actually being vegan, has it affected your work in any way? Yeah, specifically in voice work. I feel bad for my voice agent because I'm like, nope, I won't do this. I won't do this. I won't do that. Like I have a whole list of companies or products that I will not lend my, my voice to. Um, funny enough, she had an audition for me that she actually put my demo through for and it promoted a new chicken sandwich and I was like, oh, but it's chicken. And she's like, well, it's you or one other person. And my husband said to me, he goes, Rach, I want you to think of it this way. Someone's going to do that ad, right? Someone's going to do it. So why don't you take whatever you make from it, if you book it, take whatever you make from it and throw it back to one of these charities, throw it back to the cause, you know, thank God I didn't book it because I felt really pressured, but my, you know, it was a nice way of him to put that for me, but I have a strict, like, 
no dairy, no meat. I don't want to be a part of that in industry. And I think the less of a demand for it, then, or if more people refuse to do it, you know, there's a few roles, there's a few costumes I've worn where I'm like, as a vegan now, I'm like, ooh, I wouldn't have, I might've said something about wearing fur, for example, but that hasn't been lately. And I know that going forward, because the costume department, you know, I mean, it's their vision. However, they usually ask, how do you feel about this? How do you feel in this? So if I'm ever given the opportunity, I, I definitely will say, no, I, I'm going to take a hard pass, you know? So you, you won't catch me eating meat on screen. That's never going to happen. I'll tell you a quick story. I was on the trailer, on the craft truck one day, meandering through, and I thought they had these little potato patties. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I had one of those, and they were great. And then the next day I came back and I was like, oh, they have the potato patties again. And I picked it up and I put it in my mouth. As soon as it went in my mouth, I realized it was a sausage. And it was like right out again, right back into my napkin. And that was the first time I'd eaten meat in like three years. And I didn't know how I would react if someone had actually given me meat. Well, now I know. So <laughs> I would never be able to eat it on set ever, 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 ever. So... <laughs> They'll have to give me chick on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the best kind. <laughs> yes, 100%. I was thinking about makeup as well, because like Star Trek, you probably had lots of like the prosthetics and stuff. I don't know that word at all, but I'm assuming there might be stuff that have animal products in them. There was a few years ago that you did Star Trek now, or was it last year? It was the year before. Yeah, uh, so two years ago. Oh, yeah, sorry. 2019 sorry I always forget 2020 for some reason when I talk to people I'm like oh yeah last year and I'm like no but that wasn't last because there was COVID it's weird <laughs> it's like it erased in my mind last year shouldn't count exactly like it doesn't <laughs> and none of us should have aged a year older we should be able to like ignore that birthday and that year just ignore it <laughs> yes for sure <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so do you choose the makeup that they put on you? They ask you about the costumes, but would you have a say in terms of makeup or what they put on you? I'm assuming maybe if people have allergies, they might ask as well. They do. The makeup departments are always really good. That's the first thing they ask. Do you have any allergies or is there any products that you love to use? All the makeup artists that know me know that I like all natural if possible and cruelty-free is number one. I'm like, is it a cruelty-free because I feel like the options are so available now and I have the names of the companies I use. So they're really good like that. And even when it comes to like cleaning your face at the end of the day, you can have products that are specifically for you. So I feel very lucky that the departments that I've worked with have been very open to this. I think in this day and age too, paying attention to people's preferences is a thing now, right? You have more of a an opportunity to stand up for products you want to use and how you feel. And it's great. Yeah, that's great to hear. And hopefully also maybe if they didn't know these products, they might use them in the future with other people. So if they were not using cruelty-free products, I think it's a good way as well to spread the word Yes, on new cruelty-free products for them because they might not be aware of it or they might not be interested in that. But maybe you just plant a seed that way and they just go and look, make their research maybe. Candice, who was a makeup artist on Rookie Blue, and I worked with her again in Mary Kills People, she has her own store. And now, I mean, she's she's such a hard worker. And so she was doing film business while also trying to start her own store. Like the products that she has are 
far better for the environment. They're cruelty-free. They're natural products. She's really done her research. And a lot of actors and actresses and makeup artists go to her for product as well. So she's a pretty incredible woman. It's great. You really see this becoming more prevalent. It's good that there are people inside this business that are making a change and you're part of them as well. It's a good win. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so... What are your current or future projects in terms of acting? So you've done Star Trek Discovery, Killjoys, Rookie Blue, Wine on Our Earp. I've seen that you're going to be in season two of Nurses. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, it, there's something interesting about shooting a show about nurses right as the pandemic started. I think we were an episode in and then it was like lockdown and the Sunday night, they're like, you're not coming to work tomorrow. And then we were off for three months, right? Um, that was such a great group of people. And also, this is interesting, too, because I have dietary preferences. This is just a, another side note, but Star Trek, for example, there were a lot of vegans on that show. So when you go get your lunch, it's amazing how many vegan options they have. Instead of mashed potatoes, it's celeriac or something. Yeah. But that's so exciting to see, too. Like, even on Nurses, they knew that I was a vegan, and there was always options for me. And so it's nice to not feel like you're being an imposition or causing trouble, you know, in the lunchroom. Yeah. You say like in Star Trek, there were other vegans there then? Yes. How did you feel like it must have been amazing? Oh my, seriously, I was a kid in Candyland. I was like, wow, look at all this food. Like it was wild. And for other people too, like it was great to be able to have conversations about this and for it not to be a big deal. That's probably what was so cool is that it just wasn't a big deal. It was like, oh, cool. You're vegan too. Oh, great. You know? It's like those vegan memes you see where you see those animals and they're like this and they're like, when you spot another vegan in line, you know, <laughs> it's like, so that was pretty much me on track. Um, but nurses was great. I was shooting, I think we got a day down and then because stay at home orders and, and then they closed down for a little bit. So I'm just on a pause right now. But Nurses hopefully will be airing this year and we'll see what else comes up. But I'm working with a writer right now as well and I'm helping him turn one of his novels into a script and he's helping turn one of my old pitches into a script. And I really want to embark in directing and I do photography, right? So I have this want to communicate or to really have something important to say in whatever I make or whatever I do. And acting, of course, I love acting, I love creating characters, I love working with such amazing people, but as an artist, there's this want in me to be able to do more. So I have an idea percolating that's sort of a vegan-based, but isn't overtly vegan, like you don't, you really got to think about it. So I don't know, we'll see. But if that ever pans out, you will be the very first person I tell, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It will be an exclusive. Yes. That's great. I think it's great that you're able to do other projects. Above all, if you're in pose right now for your acting to keep you busy and doing something that's more close to your heart, being linked to veganism, I think it's, it's great that you can do that. Thank you. And so where can people find you online? I know you have an Instagram, so you can give her your Instagram, but maybe you have a website or something else. Yeah, my website's just rachelantrell.com and I try to really keep that updated with everything that I'm working on or what's coming up, what's going to be airing soon. Um, Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is a, a come and go. <laughs> Instagram I'm more active on 
And then, of course, Cameo and Chattico, which are my fundraising platforms, really. Yeah, so I'll add all of them in the show notes so people can just click directly on it and just go in and see it. But do check Rachel's work. She's an amazing actress. You have so much talent. So I'm looking forward to really see what you do and your future projects. And one last question. You kind of touched on it, I think, a bit earlier. But what would you say to non-vegans wanting to make the switch? What would be your advice to them? Send me a note. <laughs> if you have any questions, write me on Instagram or Twitter. DM me. Tell me what's going on. I say just all in stride. Every step that you take towards that bigger goal of being vegan is amazing. It's that old saying, right? Like small steps create big change. And that was really big for me too, right? Is is that be that change you wish to see in the world. So you just do what you can and what feels right for you. I mean, it's like those calculators. So I remember the first year, vegan and then vegetarian. And I did the vegan calculator and I did the vegetarian calculator and I added the two together. And just to see, like, this is how much CO2 you save. These are how many animal lives you save. You know, that stuff is so encouraging. I should do that now, actually, and check my latest numbers now. But it's all of those little steps, right, amounted to, to bigger change. And there's a, that actor who said, with civil rights, this also edges on animal rights as well. It's amazing how many of these things are intertwined. And I feel like I'm learning every day. There's so many opportunities for growth. And I am always here. If anyone ever has a, like, you just want to say that just egg is amazing, I'm here for you. You just send me that note and say, just egg is amazing. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm around for the vegans. <laughs> Vegan mentor. That's it. <laughs> they should be coming to you for that, not me, but... <laughs> Well, I think anyone who's vegan can help other people. We all have different stories and we all came in different angles and I think we can all help each other. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story today. I'm, I really appreciate it. I know you can be busy, so I'm really happy that you were able to be there and you know, have this chat with me. Thank you so much for having me. You can have me back anytime you want. <laughs> I love this stuff. I, I keep talking about it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And if you have any thoughts on today's episode or suggestions for my next guests, email me at hello at staringvegans.com or message me on Instagram at staringvegans. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.